bad news travels fast. That's right. And uh, so they are very critical, and that's why I think when you're networking, that's the reason for it, and, and you need to network deep yeah. into the organization. This is Grow With The Bros, hosted by Ryan and Ken Parsons, founders of the Brothers That Just Do Gutters. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Gutter, Behind the Brother. We've made every mistake in the book, so you don't have to. Our time to evolve as business owners is now. Let's grow together. On today's episode of Grow With The Bros, we have part two of our networking series. In part one, we talked about the different types of networking, how to expand your network, and ways to reach primarily retail or residential clients. If your focus is homeowners or residential, I recommend you go back and listen to part one as well. In this episode, we're going to be speaking with Don Lindars about his approach to networking, especially for commercial business. Welcome, Don. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, before you introduce yourself, I just want to give a little history. I mean, we go way back to my childhood. So yes. me and Don's son, Ian, are best right. friends and uh, grew up with Don and his wife, Kathy, as basically my second family. So <laughs> this is a real treat for uh, us to have you on today. And uh, what's really cool about you guys being my second family, you were like the only other successful family and not other, like you were successful when we were kids, you guys had a yacht. None of my friends had yachts, <laughs> um, but it was pretty awesome that, you know, to yep. see what you were able to accomplish and you had the sales world. And for Ken and I in our circle of friends and parents, like we didn't see a lot of people that had mm. uh, things like that and lifestyles like you had. And not that it was lavish or anything ridiculous, but um, it was awesome to be a part of that and to have you and Kathy as my second family that were much more lenient uh, growing up. So we really appreciate you having here. We can't wait to hear oh, a little bit. I was escaping uh, to your house on the weekends and you'd leave me at home to uh, fend for myself. That's right. We'd spend like weeks on that boat running up tabs. We'll talk about that maybe later. Yeah. So welcome, Don. Why don't you okay. kind of give us a little bit of uh, history? How, how'd you get into... Uh, okay into the sales, sales world thing. Um, well the first thing is uh, to have you as additional kids was phenomenal uh, we enjoyed every minute of it we got the biggest kick out of you uh, coming over to the boat and uh, taking it over but uh, it was really good so uh, that was a plus for me to see that and to see and then as you develop to see you work but uh, I got into sales um, Came out of the service a little bit introverted. I needed to uh, pull myself out, so I did it and uh, took a sales job and started to learn. I worked with the company that did uh, computer software, large uh, things, uh, the uh, Oracles of the world, the SAPs of the world, J.D. Edwards. I, I, so it was a long sale and a different sale, and uh, we had software that could do everything for them. But the issue became the networking within, because the software touched every industry um, in the in the company or every department. So it, it touched financials, it touched human resources, it touched uh, 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 logistics, uh, order entry, uh, manufacturing, everything. So what it became. The bulk and, and the critical piece of the sales was to uh, sell to those departments, the managers of those departments, and convince them that you had right, the, the trust and the confidence of them to say, go ahead with this, because it was a major move in, in the corporation. So sales turned out to be networking. Hmm. And building that infrastructure underneath that, the software could always do what they wanted, you won the deal, as opposed to uh, losing it because of other parts getting into that trouble uh, and saying, I don't trust this guy. So, uh, but that's, uh, that's where I came from, and we did it, and we used to get together and talk a lot about, you know, what was I experiencing in sales and, you know, how to counteract some of the ridiculousness of it. 
and we did well. But um, what I really enjoyed was that you, um, you came at one time and you said, uh, you know, we're doing great in residential, but in order, uh, but what we need to do is to increase and um, grow the commercial side of the business, mm -hmm. right? Because with that commercial side of the business, they could follow their dream, which was franchising. Yeah. And getting into the franchising and, 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 you know, we see the results of that now. But the good part about it is they saw me as someone that could uh, achieve that goal for them. And uh, my effort was to interact with the commercial industry through networking and then building the relationships within the estimating groups and the project managers and all to develop the confidence, the trust, and reliability of the company to be able to become their go-to vendor on all their projects and especially uh, on the large ones. Wow. So that's, that's where it came and the networking proved to be the avenue uh, that Kenny and Ryan thought would work and it did work extremely well. So I've been lucky to watch this thing grow. <laughs> I've never seen, I've never been with a company that, you know, you saw start off with uh, uh, one big guy here uh, <laughs> climbing <laughs> ladders, <laughs> Kenny and all, yeah. and turn into what it is today, uh, a bona fide, you know, fabulous organization. Uh, so I'm, I'm blessed in that I saw that. That's awesome. So that's where we are. And Ken was pretty visionary in seeing the uh, the need for that. He's always ahead in in that sense, and I'm always the one that yeah. goes kicking and screaming, like <laughs> thinking of like, oh man, that's a lot of money, and what if we don't, you know, uh, see results? But you know, Ken, you saw that vision pretty early on 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 having just somebody dedicated to business development. Yeah, it's um, you know, I just I don't know, I just see things. I don't know how or why it happens that way. But, you know, that whole position there, uh, Don was in sales and I just saw that, you know, I've always been, I guess, one of my strengths is to be able to see a certain person, their strengths and be able to envision, you know, where can this person, where can this person fit perfectly on the team? You know, and I, that's my mentality when it comes to building uh, the business is, you know, it's the same way I would build it any team, uh, even when I was a kid, you know, what person do I want to put? And it, you know, it's, everybody has a strengths. So it's like, you know, when you have somebody that has, uh, the right attitude and character and loyalty and all those great qualities that Don has, uh, and, uh, the life experience that comes along with that as well. Um, you know, I, I just felt, you know what, this would be the perfect, Mm -hmm. spot for somebody like Don and no and you were right you enjoy it, it. it don't you Don you you love it so I'm having a ball this job is nothing more than breakfast lunch and dinner until the pandemic came in <laughs> um, very much so enjoyed it I enjoyed watching the company grow it's been phenomenal yeah um, and uh, to be a part of it and uh, see that in person uh, it's been a, a delight for me. So I remember thing that you bring to the table as well. Oh um, yeah, no, this has been fantastic. Cause I remember when we first started together, we had you doing residential sales as well as commercial and, and you struggled with the residential oh, it's terrible sale, <laughs> you know, yeah. going, you know, four or five appointments a day, doing the dog and pony show for the homeowner. Um, it, it just wasn't the right fit for you, your no. personality, but what was crazy is that you were breaking into the commercial side and we can define that. I mean, commercial, yeah. how would you define commercial when we're talking about home services or gutters? Uh, commercial is the company um, that you're, you're going to be, that's your sales to the, that company. You, you do uh, residential and you, you got the homeowner and you, know, you, you do do networking, you want the confidence, you want the trust, and you work with them and you get it. The commercial on the other side is you're working with the company. Which the kind GC. of company? Huh? What kind of companies? Um, you have um, 
developers, you have uh, general contractors, uh, you have owners uh, of, uh, you know, the Donald Trumps of the world. They just buy and they build. HOAs. Right. And then you have uh, the homeowners, uh, the HOAs, the, uh, those people, the property managers and all. Uh, uh, and when, when you network, you find out that you really have the uh, necessary uh, the structure in this organization to service their needs. Yeah. Right? It's not the gutter going up on the house. It's the fact that you have the insurances and have it. You, you have everybody working and under workman's compensation, which covers them, and it's critical today more than anywhere else. You have the OSHA approval, right? And the, everybody is qualified for that. So when they give you a, a job, right, and OSHA says no gutters or no ladders, uh, we're okay. We don't have a problem. We can go up on cranes and anything else. So you're able to fulfill all their requirements hmm. and, the, and build that reliability so that you can respond to them based on their uh, schedules. So the biggest difference is you're, you're meeting with and building relationships with companies and people that are going to be making multiple gutter purchasing decisions a year. Right. So basically... If we get in with them, we're getting all their projects. When they build a new Rite Aid right. or bank or whatever, we're hopefully getting in there to bid, correct? Right. Great. Yeah, once you've built the confidence, the trust, and the reliability with the company, you become the go-to vendor. Yeah. Right? You go from the GC saying, get me three quotes on this building, all right, to call up the Brothers Gutters and... Get an estimate and tell them they got to start work next week. Wow, that's the total difference, and that's what you're looking for, uh, and uh, that's what we try to build. Do you remember? Do you remember how long it took you to start really making traction? Because I don't think it was fast, and I don't no. remember being able to even track the results very well yeah. in the beginning. It was um, it was not very fast. Not no no uh, discredit to your effort, but. How was that momentum? If you remember, when did it really start to, to gain traction? Um, it really started to gain traction when I started to be uh, members of organizations. One of my big questions was when I was at an event, say a, a, a chamber event, and I met people that were similar in business, like a restoration company. Um, I said, what other organizations do you belong to that prove beneficial to you. And he would give me one. The best example I had is when I first started that, a restoration company said to me, oh no, go to the schools. Lenny. Yeah. Right? And they said, go to the schools. And, uh, and in fact, let me take you there for a meeting. And I went there and I had their first meeting, which was a very nice lunch. And uh, at the meeting, everybody stands up and they introduce themselves and so on. So I stood up and I said, Don Linda, I was with the brothers that just do gutters. And after the chuckles... Um, Good uh, chuckles. A, yes. Uh, they, um, well, it, it's a sentence, so they, they loved it. Uh, a guy from across the room points his finger at me and says, I want to talk to you later. After the meeting, we sat and met, met and it turned out to be a $10,000 copper job at the school. So awesome. That made, yeah, that convinced me. So I went after other organizations that I learned, ones that the developers and the GCs are part of those organizations, property managers, builders, uh, even unions. I found a union shop, uh, CIC, um, BCA, where it's all union. And we walked in there. And I said, you know, we want to work with you, very big uh, construction companies. And they looked at me and they said, well, you're not a union shop. I said, well, gutters don't have a union. And they said, you're right. I said, no, you can join. So we've joined. We're in their book. And uh, we're, you know, we're working to uh, try to develop those. And you're developing bigger companies, right? The Chase, Turner, those types of companies. So... That's, a, that's a, even a step above where we, where we started. But by building the organizations, 
uh, building it with the, the uh, getting into all of them and meeting the people there, uh, they get the confidence and the trust and the reliability that they, they feel is needed for them and we had the credentials to do their work, right? That is what's important to them. Not that, you know, not that the, you know, it's a six or an eight inch gutter or what you think, they leave that to you. And, but they need to, you know, fulfill the requirements of their contract and we are uh, a go-to answer. Wow. And they love it because we're generally the last thing to, to go up and they get paid faster. That's great. So we did that. So yeah. on the last episode, we had Danielle on and we talked a lot about networking right. and going to networking events. And we really concentrated on the, the residential side of that. Um, what's the difference when you go to an event? What are you looking to do? What's your approach? What's your goal at a networking event? My goal is to meet a new GC or companies and then to uh, work with the person I've met and all to get an invitation to come and visit the organization so that I can meet all the estimating people and all the project managers. And then you start that relationship with them and you start to build that confidence and to build that trust and build it. And it is, you know, people still buy from people. So once they feel good and they feel comfortable with you, uh, they'll give you their first job. And inevitably, it's a perfect job and there's no problem, right? That makes you the go-to. So that's the important part. I'm, I'm on the personal relationship. Very tough with COVID, but we're still doing it over the Zooms. But that personal relationship changes everything. Just like when somebody comes to your house on a residential, right? If he pulls in in his truck and it's leaking oil in the driveway, he's not going to get the business. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have to do with price. Doesn't have to do with anything else. Has to do with the confidence that they have. So, so take us down that path a little bit. So you go to an event, you run into a GC, their big company, right. uh, and what it sounds like is a big, big company that have multiple project managers, multiple okay. projects going. So, all right, great. You met him at the event. What's the take us a little bit down the path to actually getting invited to bid. What does it normally take? Maybe how long? What is the process typically? Um, once you've met them and you're at an event, uh, the other thing we haven't talked about yet is Blue Book, okay. which is a commercial organization. And anybody that belongs to it feels that you belong to it, so we want to work with you as We'd want you to work with us. So that's very valuable. But once I've learned, uh, there is a company, we did La Chase. I met him at the meeting, we talked about it. He was the VP and uh, uh, it took time. He said, well, we need to get information from you so you can get on the bidders list and everything else. I said, that's great. I said, can we go? Uh, I would like to come down and meet you and meet your uh, estimators and meet your project managers because I want to learn how you do business so that we can respond wow. to how you want it done because they have different issues. And, and we're able, prime example, when Kenny and I went down to um, Mercy College, right, during the uh, development of a, uh, a dormitory, right, the bricklayers didn't seal behind the the guards that we put up they put the guards down next thing you know they uh, their trucks and their their because there was no ladders that all the uh, cranes and everything else they drove all over the uh, gu the gutters or the downspouts yeah so the they went to hell right so they called us up and they said look you know it's the beginning it was like the beginning of the week and they said no we need to get this going because uh, next weekend we're doing the ribbon cutting. Yep. So we went, we put everything up on, on the ribbon cutting. They were working on more. And then they called us like on a Wednesday or a Thursday and said, we need the whole front gutters put up and we, you know, so that we can do this. So we went down on Wednesday and guess what? They did all the uh, concrete uh, walkways and everything else. You can't put trains on a concrete walkway. Mm -hmm. So Job, um, you know, 
looked at me weird, but then again, he came, <laughs> he came around. He came around, and on Friday, we went up and we did the whole front of the building. I don't know how many trucks it took. Yeah. The whole front of the building, they had their ribbon cutting, and Kershaw was the happiest people in the world. Wow. And we were their go-to f- because of that. So, so basically, so you meet them at an event. They right. kind of want you to jump through hoops. They want to make sure you're part of some of the same organizations. Right. Then you're pushing to go meet with their people. Right. Do they normally let you do that? Or is that kind of like you got to see them one or two more times? Um, they will do. We'll do different things. The good thing about the organizations, if you're trying to do that and they're hesitant, you're going to meet them next month. So now, okay. you, now you can re they're going to keep that. seeing your face, face, so they're inclined to eventually do something. And they're going to do it. But I found um, with the gutters and their requirements uh, and the fact that we can fulfill them, um, that is critical to them. They don't find it. I mean, I just heard a guy uh, on a Zoom say, look, I need good subs. And he said, the problem we have with subs is they do not qualify for the insurances and the OSHA approval or any of that. And I can't use them anymore. So I need somebody else. So the bigger they are, the more they want that and that understanding. All right? You know, you work with roofers and they can get a guy to do a house. But when a guy's doing, you know, a complex or he's doing, you know, a building like a a dormitory that's 50 feet in the air, they need those insurances. They need the, the protection of the workers are not coming off the street and the workers are getting, uh, are covered by workman's comp, so they're not into law. Uh, they're, uh, they're getting, uh, you know, a staff of people that can go out and run and do that business and handle that catastrophe with enough ladders and, or, trucks or anything else that they need to make it happen. So that is their issue. A lot of this work isn't for uh, a company that's um, smaller. Uh, A lot of this work that what what you're talking about, you have to have a pretty uh, robust field operations, but also having the the paperwork behind it, so to speak of, the required paperwork to do a lot of this work too. Uh, otherwise, if we didn't have that stuff in place, uh, you'd be wasting your time, right? You're totally wasting your time. The biggest issue from multiple contractors, um, you know, any mid-sized to large uh, contractor or you know, commercial company, is the insurance very critical to them, not only for the coverage of insurance to protect them from any problems, but the employee insurance that they're covered on the workman's comp and they don't get themselves into a legal battle because somebody fell off a ladder or something. Um, And today, everybody sues everybody. New York State has something called a scaffold law and they can sue anybody. So they can sue the company, they can sue the brothers' gutters, they can sue the that was on the job, job that day. The the uh, the owner of the building uh, and the project. So that is their number one criteria this 2020. And they're typically and having you as the uh, sub carry like a pretty big umbrella policy. There's some right. uh, policies that have had to be purchased that are ten, eleven thousand dollars a year, correct? Yes. To have some of these accounts right yeah so that's a that's another thing um but ken i think what you were talking about too is is the size of the actual gutter company um how has that come into play imagine you were representing and there was only one crew to do the work do you think you'd be able to get these projects or be as successful if you only had one crew maybe two crews out there uh you might look out uh but no, that becomes, again, they, need, they have a schedule. They need the schedule done. They need the staff there. If you've got one or two crews, uh, it's going to take three or four days to do something that we can do in a day. Okay. Again, 
we're at the end and they want their final check. So, but you, you talk to property manager. Property managers have to sit with the HOA and they wanna be able to say, look, on November 12th, right, we're coming in to do all the gutter cleaning on all the buildings here. We have 75 buildings, right? Uh, and they don't wanna go and say, well, you know, we, we're gonna do your little section here and then two weeks later we'll do this one and that one and the other. We can come in a day or two, uh, it's done, right? So they Strength just- Strength in numbers. Right, and they notify the, the tenants, put your car in the garage, everything else, and the nice part is when we do leave, we haven't destroyed all the foliage underneath. <laughs> uh, so again, they see it once and you're, you're the go-to. So, um, and we've had some for multiple years that have stayed with it. Plus you'll get uh, any repairs or anything else that happens mm -hmm. along the way, summer or winter or so on, so. So when it comes to, so you're making these relationships, right. you're getting in there with them, you're seeing them at the networking events. Um, are you the one writing the deal or is there, um, are you, you going out and measuring all the buildings? Or are you typically, is there a pass off? How does yeah. it actually end up becoming the account it gets handed over to maybe production what what kind of happens after they basically say let's do something together uh we do it together i uh explain to them that i am the business development manager here i explain to them that you know we assign an estimator who's going to work with you and because he's going to understand how you work Right? So he, he knows what you need, how you need it, and so on. Right? I am there because they're out on the field. And if you make a phone call and you can't get them, you can call me immediately. Right? And I can take your issue and I can go and get a fix for you on a single phone call. So my benefit is to stay with them and I do call them on a friendly basis or I stop in and visit, uh, if we can get back to that, uh, on a friendly basis and uh, uh, just talk to them so they're seeing me a lot, mm -hmm. right? But, I mean, we, we did it with Danny, and, uh, you know, Mike's working with it now with us, and they uh, will start to take it over because the, uh, the project managers learn, know him and, and work with them. They've been face-to-face -face a hell of a lot more than us. So you make the relationship happen. You get right. in the door. They say, all right, Don... We're going to give you a shot on this right. school we're building. And you go, great. And then you go and bring in a salesperson. Right. And then they do the nitty-gritty. They do the measuring. They put the bid together. They submit it. Correct. And you kind of, if they need something, you're there. You're going to nurture I'm the there. relationship, but they're going to actually right. take over the project. They do. Great. Uh, Danny, that works nice? Right. It worked very well. I mean, Danny... Uh, I don't know if you can name a mention of a contractor, but... Um, you just matter. say a big contractor. Yeah. That's pretty awesome that no one else could get but you. Yeah, but the, there's a big contract, yeah. <laughs> but we did have a big contractor. And two of the great things that happened with that is he did become the go-to. They had confidence in him and trust in him and the reliability in him. And what happened was he, he would just get a phone call and just say... You know, I need you to get me an estimate on the, the, these buildings we're building, and here's when you start, as opposed to out in the bid world and everything else. Hmm. And he, he was able to do that. The other good thing is one of his contacts, because we try to build all the project managers and all, one of the project managers left the company. And Danny said, oh, that was my best one. He was really good. And, you know, he... He was walking around with that. He probably was a sour face for about a week or two. Next thing, the phone rings, and who is it? It's that guy that left. He says, I'm over here working here. I want you to come over and get me this. So, so that's awesome. Don, and you're cultivating these relationships, and you have this pile of leads, right? These are the Glengarry leads. And then you're handing them off to a sales rep that is worthy of those leads. And yeah. then he goes out, and he does the the uh, the other side of it, getting the measurements, getting the quote together, uh, doing the sale part of it. So you're 
you're uh, passing off that baton of leads uh, to mm -hmm. these. Yeah, That's I'm great. more the liaison, but I do get a lot of calls. I did get a lot of calls, and they say, "Look, we want to get this done. Can you get something going?" And yeah. they, they enjoyed the the initial phone call. And you made a good point there that the the sales rep or even you to have a personal relationship with the project manager. It's not just right. the purchasing agent or the guy that you see no. at the meetings. That project manager, you become their go-to person. You get them out of trouble, and you're gonna like yeah. these types of projects. They go sideways. Um, a lot of times there's things that are out of the control of the sub, but then they sure. need you in a, in a pinch. And if you can deliver when that person moves on or that project's over, they get a new job. They're like, Oh no, no. They bring their contractors with them. Right. They're like I got subs. I've got my own. So Correct. then now you're still doing work for the company they left. And now you get introduced to another company. company. Love that. I think that's fantastic. And it comes and it is. And, it, and it's, it's a team effort. I mean, I, I start the wheel rolling. But it's the sales guy, and you've got great ones. Uh, yeah. They just take that, and they work with it. And yeah. then they will start to get the phone calls yep. and not me. So that's a fabulous relationship. So in comparison to residential, right? Residential is you show up, you do a 30, 40 minutes, you're there, and boom, right. you have a signed contract. What is, what is your typical time frame on uh, the sales cycle for the commercial stuff what are you seeing in your world is it take you know a couple days a couple weeks a couple months a couple a year you're probably going to see it in uh, it can it can be everything because if i go to a meeting and everything and i'm talking to the guy and you've got a business and he'll say to me well we, we yeah we got a project we're going on why don't you get us a bid for that that's kind of a test but once, once you do that, you're going to wait a period of time. It could be a week, could be a couple of months, could be 11 months. Uh, it, you know, Because it depends on when those projects are coming and what projects they're working on that need gutters. Uh, so there's, there's variables. But mm. as soon as it pops its head, you're involved and you're in it. Yeah. Um, and um, so... Uh, a lot of times I get, you know, we're working on a project. Why don't you get us a, a bid and, it, and it's there? So that's almost, you know, right up front. But it, but it's the after business that you're after, if I, if I can do that. Right? Yeah. The first one's great. I mean, it's, just, it's like a house. You know, you put the gutters up on the house, and then you got to come back in 20 years and say, well, we got to do, do it again. Here, if I get the first one done successfully... I'm probably now into maybe a month or so where they'll have their, their next project, depending on how good they are. And then you're involved again as long as it's got us. So and it, a lot of these, these contractors, they have multiple project managers, multiple sites, and multiple project managers, they have their own pet gutter company or roofer, right? It, just because you got in with XYZ contractor doesn't mean that every project manager is going to use you. So the right. more you nurture that and do a good job, these guys talk. And as soon as like, you know, that other gutter company drops the ball right. for the second time in a row, like, dude, call the brothers. They're my guy. They're not going to drop the ball on you. And then boom, now you're working for another project manager right. under that same company. Correct? Yeah. Wow. But you, yeah, you can do it. Um, so let's, gonna, let's yeah, talk yeah. real quick about right. similarities in the same way that you're going after residential business. People are becoming raving fans and, and spreading the word. It's the same kind of thing that you're doing with the commercial business uh, where you have project managers, facility maintenance types people that are spreading the word also. And as that catches fire, you're seeing more work uh, flow into your pipeline. Yeah, they really do it. And uh, if you've done it and it's, and it's been good work, or even if you've talked to them well enough, I had a, a situation where I talked to a contractor, uh, Aaron or something, I can't remember the name, but uh, he was doing commercial buildings. He was building them and putting them up, and he said, you know, we're not ready yet or anything else. And, you know, it kind of went uh, quiet. And then uh, the funny part is I, I went to England, my wife's from England, and uh, we went over there and I'm uh, sitting in my sister-in-law's living room, 
and my phone rings. And it's him. Yep. He says, we finally got it all done. I need you to go down and do the gutters for me now. I had to call the office from England. <laughs> and they went down and they did the jobs. So that was like three years later. Wow. So they come back. If they feel comfortable, they come back. So uh, again, their interest is them and protecting their business. Mm -hmm. All right? I don't have to sell the owner of it or the, the, uh, the, the project itself. I have to sell them to, be, to use us to make that happen. Yeah. That's where we're different. That's great. What, what yeah. you, you mentioned earlier, uh, the Blue Book. Oh. Uh, let's talk about some of the other organizations that you find that are uh, really useful or helpful if you're trying to get into commercial gutters. What would you recommend? Um, again, the, the big question is, is if you start, find somebody that uh, is related to your business or has an interest and find out who they go to. And so you're not just jumping into everything. Like what right? would be a similar business? Like like, um, like a landscaper trying to get commercial accounts doing their yeah, leaves well, or... They'll join things like uh, there's a, uh, a building and realtors organization in Westchester County. And you get to see some realtors. Uh, sometimes they're helpful. But all the builders attended in the area. And they... Uh, so I go and I meet all them and everything else, and I ask the same question, and they'll have another, uh, you know, there's, a, there's another organization here in Westchester that'll do it. And you try it out. If it doesn't work, you, you do it, all right? You, you go to the, uh, the chambers. All the chambers want to help and everything else. Uh, some uh, are geared where you're going to meet the right people. Some are not. You, you meet uh, other people uh, that are really not helping you, but you have to feel them out. I think the first year I tried, I had 14. I'm down to about seven now. Organizations. Like organizations. Yeah. But they're val valuable organizations. They produce, they, they want to help you. Uh, you know, Orange County uh, does it, and just wonderfully, they started to work uh, with Woodbury Commons, which is a big uh, shopping area, discount shopping area, they have a project that they're trying to get going, and that project is, you know, 20, 30 uh, for, uh, buildings for the, uh, cust uh, the uh, tradesmen and, and wow. whatever they're going to be doing, you know, for all the different shops. Plus, they have, you know, other things going on. But I got to sit with them and meet with them, and I'm on a one-to-one -one basis with the project manager for that for Woodbury Commons. So if it does come and it works out, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, right? We have a good personal relationship with him rather than a, an email to him. So if our competitors are listening to this and they try and call them, we have a solid relationship, you're feeling good? We're feeling good. <laughs> you know, um, sometimes by law, they have to get a couple of quotes. Uh, that's that's uh, that you might see. Right, if it's over a certain amount of, uh, yeah, of uh, if it's over like ten thousand dollars, some sometimes they have to bid it out. They have to bid it out, or they can do like uh, some of the schools have done is, uh, we've given them a quote just under that ten thousand dollars, and then they 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 uh, put in a slush fund or something. But hmm. yeah, they don't want to be going out for bids either. But. Uh, I remember years ago, before you were doing the commercial sales and I was doing sales, I got, in, I, I got asked to bid a condo complex that we cleaned the gutters for. And I remember putting in a bid, and I think I put in a bid for like $46,000 to do like the whole complex. And it was the biggest bid I think I've ever put in. I don't know if it was the biggest bid the company ever did. And what was really cool is because I had a relationship with this, the guy who ran everything, he called me up. And he said, Ryan, are you able to do this for $43,200? I'm like, uh, he goes, don't ask why, but can you do that? I'm like, yes. He's like, great. Right. So that was the first time I ever got kind of like a second look. It was normally like you would put in a price, you'd spend three, four days measuring this whole entire complex. 
right. then they would just go with the lowest bidder and you'd call them up or you'd see the gutters up one day and you're like, what in the world? Why didn't they even? Right. And because of the relationship, you know, not that I think they're allowed to do that, but right. because he wanted us to do the work and he had the relationship, he basically said, can you be at that number? Don't ask me why. And I was. Remember that, Ken? That was awesome. Right. Yes. But what you did is you build, you built in him the confidence and the trust at that. And that's what he wanted. Because yeah. he's managing that complex. And he doesn't want aggravation. And HOAs are good at that. Uh, so he was willing to work with it to make it happen. The other one that we did, uh, we, we, we did it, and I mentioned, and they arranged the price to make sure that you got in and we didn't do the three bids and everybody did it. They arranged the price, and then they put, uh, the actual verbiage was, well, you're gonna go up there and be doing that, but so you might see a couple of other things. So I put a, a slush fund of another $1,500 that you can, yep. you know, if you need to, just do the work and we'll do it. So we yep. went, he went around the-, the And some hood. organizations, they, they give, uh, they, they give them the ability to okay any work under 10 grand right. or, or so-and-so. And so they'll say, you know what? Let's split this up into East and West, yes. <laughs> right? So these are the things that take time. They take relationship. They take right. somebody really knowing you, liking you, trusting you to be able to, I don't want to call it the good old boys club, but basically you're making them look good. They're putting their neck on the line every time they hire a vendor sure. because they're the one that vetted them and chose them. And sometimes they got to go fight to pay more money right? because they're like, you know what? I know you guys want us to go with the lowest bidder, but I'm going to be stuck with however this project turns out. So right. when you've got that relationship, they're going to bat for you too. So that proves a big that proves a big point here. Um, what you guys are saying that it's a big problem in the gutter industry is the big problem in the gutter industry is people think cheap, cheap, cheap. That's how I'm going to get jobs. I just got to be the cheapest guy, and I'm throwing prices everywhere, and it, you know it falls where it may. Uh, but most of these people that are doing their business that way, uh, based on a price, there's no value, and uh, especially when it comes to construction when it comes to builders, when it comes to contractors, when it comes to property management companies. And what I'm hearing, that's the farthest from the truth. Uh, right. You're talking about value and relationships and value and relationships. Yes, price is important to an HOA, certainly is. But if you have a property management company that really you have a good relationship with, that shows that you're, you have the, the trust, right? That trust, yeah is 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 giving you a second look right at a job um and gives you that opportunity to bid back so i i i see that the relationships that you're able to build and bridging the gap is what you're doing between uh the people that are making decisions on these properties and the people that are the in between the contractors and then us as the sub uh you're bringing everybody together to create that relationship. And I think that that's uh, really important to um, having long-term results in something like this, where, you know, prices are long forgotten. Um, but uh, I think that that's really important right here in this part. On the other it. side, um, as, as a commercial company, or as a commercial property manager, right? What you do for them as a sub is a direct um, effect on the value that they have, right. right? You could destroy their reputation in that organization or anything because uh, of the, the workmanship that was done. So you're very critical of them that if it's good work and it's good work all the time, they don't have that issue. Right. Uh, they're always working. That's important to them. People like that are always work walking on eggshells, right? They always yeah. got to be, especially when they're trying to deal with all these different subs for all the different moving parts that are going on in the project. Sure. And like you said, you know, 
if they screw up with one of those subs and one of those subs makes them look bad, that's a strike against their reputation in front of the HOA or the board of a college or whatever kind of project it is. Uh, their butts on the line. So yeah, they want to have a great price, but they also want to have a great company behind that price. Yeah, exactly. it's critical to them. You know, I mean, you look at it. You know, they're doing a job. They put a roof on it, and the roof leaks. They'll never get another job. Oh yeah, right. Bad news travels fast. That's right. And uh, so they are very critical, and that's why I think when you're networking, that's the reason for it. And and you need to network deep. Yeah. into the organization so then then you're in so let's That's let's work with your position too don is because uh, a lot of companies out there that you know we we all get so busy right i would never yeah. be able to get this kind of work when it was me you know on a truck i, I just wouldn't have the capacity really okay. to deal with a callback or even something like that could be lost in the weeds and you know, a bridge could be burned and not intentionally either. And I think that happens to a lot of people because they get in over their head with certain projects or certain things. Their company's just not ready for it. And having somebody like you, because something, you know, even having a large company is going to have its issues and there could be a gutter that was done wrong on a job. At least they can call you right away and say, hey, Don, you know, we have this problem over here. At least you can pull you know, the trigger fast and you have a big enough uh, staff behind you and behind the position to be able to salvage something very quickly uh, that could go wrong so that it doesn't burn a bridge. Um, we had that We had that with my neighbor. I got it in. We did the, the gutters and there was something that was wrong. And not only did we go back right away because he, he called me and we went back right away and they went up and, you know, fixed it. it it was i think it was like a leak or something it wasn't too too bad something went went a little wrong well, nobody's perfect but when when they were up there they found it uh, an area by their siding right that was filthy dirty and we cleaned it and the guy came down and he says holy mackerel you know i've been trying to i don't know how i would have done that how it would have happened i can't believe that they went and did that also and you know if That's he, great. Yeah, he's got a friend. Guess who he's going to recommend? Us? Yep. Awesome. So so why don't we wrap it up? Um, so you've well, given a lot of advice, and I'd love to hear – let's just imagine that we have somebody listening to this that's trying to get into the commercial sphere. Let's even pretend it's one of our franchisees, and they want to take the yes. plunge, maybe hire a business developer or, or get into that. What advice would you have for them? If you were able to talk to them directly in trying to get into this type of business. Right. <coughs> the, the best thing, is, as Kenny mentions, if they're in a, in a good enough position, is to get somebody to concentrate on it. Because it, it is voluminous. It is time-consuming. Right? Your bread and butter is, is right now the residential world. So this requires it. If you can get somebody like that, then he's the one who can get into these organizations and sit down for lunch and meet 10 or 15 different contractors, right? And that will start the wheel moving. They'll do it. The other thing you can get, and if you, if you haven't gotten to that uh, uh, level yet, uh, you can work with something like Blue Book. Yep. And Ryan has spoken to them uh, about this organization, the franchises, and uh, PJ's been trying to work it out so that you can join this and, and it doesn't kill you. But the blue book is extremely good because it concentrates on commercial. You know every, um, you get you get a, uh, an email every day, right? And in the beginning of the week, you get a whole synopsis, right? Telling you the events they're having and what's been going on, right? So you get to see that and you look, you look at the uh, project that is coming about, you know who's running the project, where the project is, all the pertinent information. It tells you who are the GCs that are bidding on this, this uh, particular <coughs> project. And guess what? You get the name and you get the phone number. And what, what I do is I, I call every one of them, talk to them, and they have the same interest. Do I want to 
get somebody in uh, because I don't want to be doing that piece of it. I just got stuck, mm -hmm. right? The roofer's got the roof, but he's got to do the gutters. He didn't know anything about gutters. He didn't have any equipment. So he's looking for you. So you'll sit there, and there might be six, eight, ten uh, GCs bidding for the job. So I talk to all of them. The ones that want will get it. And you sit back and wait to see, to see who won the bid, and then they'll call you up, and you're in the game. And it Love doesn't it. matter who won. Yep. Um, so it's great for us, but it's also great for them because you, you fulfill the requirement of theirs. So that's great. I think it's great, but Blue Book is phenomenal. Um, Don't you see also, Don, with the work that you put into all these people that work at these different organizations stuff, where do they go home at night? What? Where do they all go home at night? They go home, right? Right. They go home. So how, how many, how many, how many of these people that you have relationships have asked you, you know, hey, can you do my own personal house? Sure. Right? Tons of them. They want to do the personal house, or they got a friend that wants it, or they get something. I mean, I, I met a guy that did driveways, and he would call me up. I did a driveway, but man, you should see this. The gutters are all over the place. And some of these organizations that you're doing work for are not just located in, you know, New York, where you guys are right now. They're located, there's companies that are located all over the country. Correct. There's many times that you've gotten work and leads and giving them to other franchise locations within the Brothers Gutters Network and been able to pass along leads too, right? Uh, all the time. I get them. Uh, what, the, the actual the email I send out when I first talk to them, I tell them that, you know, we have, uh, we have what, 15 franchises? I got the number. But well, 21. The, uh, 21 now? <laughs> Holy Christ. But I, uh, I sit there and I said, so we can service you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania in the local area that you're in. And I'll get calls on that. One called me about Florida. They were going to do it. Uh, but uh, politics and the rest, they haven't been able to get a start on it. But, um, and then I just pass it on. I pass it on to the New Jersey rep for us. I pass it on to the Connecticut rep. Connecticut, I get, you know, two or three or four uh, a month, easy. And Jersey, I've gotten gotten three for the gentleman down there, and it's worked. You know, sometimes it's not close enough or whatever. But when I get it, I can, and I get it in Blue Book, and I can just pass that on. And I check with them, and they said that's all fine and good. Don't worry about it. And then it, again. Once you pass that on, they got the project, they got the numbers, they got the contractors, they got everything else they wow. need to take that step. And they haven't done any work other than they're gonna make phone calls now. So oh, the power of franchising. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. And that's it, that's the power of the franchise, has the power of networking. Right. Everything that you talked about uh, is incredible because we pioneered it. I know other industries have done this, right. but for us, we like to do things the hard way. And um, <laughs> we learned. And we in the beginning, you were doing residential and commercial. And, and it's a different type of sale. It's a different type wow. of mentality. And even when you pass it off to a sales rep, you have to have the right sales rep. Not every sales rep loves measuring a, a townhouse complex for a day or two or going to a board meeting. The long sale, it takes the right person. And you are the right person. You're awesome at it. I run into people, and they're like, oh, say hi to Don. <laughs> I love it. They're like, I just saw him. How's he doing? All that kind of stuff. So I love that we were able to stick with it. It did. I, I remember it taking about two years. If I remember yeah. correctly, there was some one-ups. There was some stuff. We actually didn't have the right sales team in place at the time when you were passing leads and things were not getting uh, across the finish line. No right. fault of yours. But when we really did figure it out and then that layering and joining 13 networks to narrow it back down. So it was a lot of figure out where you need to be, talk to other people to figure out what other networks there are right. that are successful. And you might end up joining a network, maybe like, like you said, the realtor network, you're not getting much from the realtors, but all the builders are there. Right. So you're joining the network, not for necessarily the purpose of that network, right. but the people that are joining. So I think you gave us awesome advice today. For anybody cool. that's going down this path, it is a long path. 
It is a commitment. Your company needs to be ready. You can't just have one truck and think that you're going to do a complex and, and not have, you know, and be able to pull that off over a month or two. You're going to have to do this stuff. So scaling your company, having the right insurances, being part of the networks, there is a lot here, but it's definitely something that anybody who's looking to get into it could start to follow. Well, they want to do it because, you know, like with any, any company, um, if you're going to, one of the prime examples was uh, a sandwich company um, out of Connecticut. But maybe we shouldn't say it anyway. But he, st he started his business. He had the one store and it was going on and everything else, but he wasn't making any money. And he was, he was doing it. So he went out and he got a, a loan based on it and they gave him a good loan. Now, rather than put that into the, the you know, store he had for the sandwiches, right? He put another one in a different area, right? All of a sudden, it was assumed it's a, it's a, a, a chain. Mm -hmm. And by that, he doubled his businesses because he did that kind of a move. Yep. So if you're here and you're doing residential and you want to go into this, uh, right? Right? Take the chance. Try to uh, develop that because that is your next step. Smart. Right? You're right. We did it here. You went out and you built the, the uh, residential. Phenomenal. Right? But where, we, where you wanted to go into franchising, it needed more. Mm -hmm. Right? It needed another avenue to keep business going and flowing and, and grow that company. You know? You know, just leap it up by millions. And you... You did that. You worked on that, and that did it, and that enabled you to follow your dream. That's it. And that so was the good. And boy, did I enjoy watching that. <laughs> I really so, did. What networking advice would you give to someone trying to grow their business, regardless of the industry that they're in? Um, to me, in, even in this world where everything is... Uh, you know, messages and, uh, you know, text this, text that, and everything else. There's nothing more than a personal relationship with somebody. It's great. You, you want to get back to that. It still exists. It, it still does it. I mean, you know, when I sold, you could sell a lot over the bar. You could sell a lot of lunches. That doesn't work anymore. You can't even do that with uh, government people or anything. But if you can go and find somewhere that you can meet and talk to people that are important to you, right? Odds are on they're going to be important to them. That's great. And that's where you, it's worth doing that and growing it. And that's where you want to build it to. That's awesome. And, um, you know, maybe you can do it yourself. Uh, you know, you talk with Danielle. Danielle does B&I. Ryan used to do B&I and all, which was great for residential. It was a, it was a place they could go, and they saw and found business. Huge. Right. Here, we're the doing it on I a different... The question I have for you, too, uh, uh, to add to that uh, as well, when, as a business development manager, uh, what kind of qualities are you looking for in uh, a sales rep? Because obviously, there's two different types. There's types that want to go in and do the quick deal, uh -huh. uh, which is typically a residential sales rep. Then you have the one that um, uh, is, is, is more catered towards a long-tail uh, deal like commercial work yeah. or long tail. What are some of the qualities that you're looking for as a business development manager? You know, cause obviously you don't want to put all this work into something and then pass it off to the wrong person. That's kind of going to maybe not treat that lead uh, the way maybe somebody else would. Well, from my experiences and all, if you, if you find someone, I mean, uh, and you generally find if you're doing residential now, you'll find out the guy that isn't doing it right, like me, and couldn't uh, couldn't deal with that. And the reason I couldn't deal with it because I lived on the other side of the fence where it was networking and it was getting in. So you're looking for somebody that does uh, that type of business. The, the, the sale is, they're used to the longer sale and so on, and, and working with it. I mean, you have a guy here that sold cars and built relationships with the people that he sold cars too to get repeats. So he is of that mindset that he's networking to get his information. 
and it's not going to come day in, I mean, you can sell six deals in a day, right? But I could get a deal that month that made more money than the six deals. So yeah. uh, made the month. Yeah. So, so that kind of mindset, somebody probably has to have a little bit more patience. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a patience thing. It's a growth thing. Um, it's a career mentality too. Some yeah. people, if they don't st think of their, this, I don't know about this job. Maybe it's not for me. Maybe in six or months or so, I'm going to find another one. Then they're not going to be your long sale guy. You need no. somebody that's looking to, to settle in and dig their heels in right. and be around. You want somebody that really wants to develop that relationship and make that relationship work. And you've got so much. I mean, remember when we did the pledge in the beginning? Oh, yeah. The first thing I said when we did this, I said, you have so much more than anybody else in the industry, and you got to get that across to the people. That's great. Uh, and if you get somebody that wants to do that and network and, and relate, then you've, um, you've got a good salesperson to do that. That's good. Right? Well... Don, yep. this is all we have time for today. This Thank was exciting. Goodness, we really, really appreciated having you on um, and sharing wisdom and knowledge. And I appreciate, and I know Ken appreciates, yep. all the wisdom and knowledge you shared with us. Even before you came on board, <laughs> you were always having yep. ideas for us. So, uh, And for anybody listening, we hope you gained some nuggets today and uh, appreciate yep. you listening. So please subscribe. Please listen in. And uh, we'll see yep. you next time. Well, it's not the, uh, remember, right? It's, it's not the nugget. It's the guy who executes on the nugget. You're right. That makes it work. That's true. And you're a prime example. Thank so, you. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you implement at least one or two nuggets from this episode that will give you the confidence to grow. Subscribe to our podcast to stay updated and grow with the bros.